0: It's a great song. Miss Shook loves that song, by the way. Thank you all. And I suppose you knew that when you sang it. And I like it too. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 22 tonight. Matthew and chapter number 22. And uh, thank you so much, church family, for your faithfulness. And... Um, It's been a great summer, hasn't it been a great summer, and entering into the fall, just just sweet. The Lord smiles upon us again and again, and I'm anxious for what He's going to do for us in these weeks ahead. Matthew chapter number 22, and I uh, take you to a parable here that the Lord told. He's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, and He continues uh, directing His teaching toward them at the beginning here of chapter number 22. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please, out of respect for the Word of God. And I'm going to begin at verse uh, number one. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, uh, to join me responsively through verse number 14. I'm beginning with verse one. You join me responsively uh, through verse number 14. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage." So those servants went out and into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away. And cast him into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. God the Father is uh, pictured here in the King in verse number two that made a a feast for his son's marriage. And of course, the marriage, uh, the son is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ typified here. The servants that he sent forth are. Uh, are, are types of the Old Testament prophets and even the apostles that he would send out. And uh, and so this is some beautiful imagery here in this parable. And, um, and he goes on to talk about, uh, oh, uh, verse number 11. Uh, this is all good stuff, not in the message, but good stuff. He talks about the wedding garment in verse number 11. It reminds us of what the prophet Isaiah said. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. Amen. And so it's a lesson here, a parable about uh, the uh, imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. That you don't get to heaven because you're a good person. You get to heaven because you wear the robe of righteousness that Jesus provided when he died on the cross. But I want to, it's a beautiful, beautiful parable. I want to talk to you on a more practical uh, thing tonight. And that is, I want you to focus your mind and heart on the response of those that were bidden, those that were invited to the wedding feast. In verse number 5, we read this little phrase. They had been invited, and uh, they, uh, they, they wouldn't come. And then another group of uh, uh, servants came and said, Come, come. And the Bible said, verse number 5, and this speaks of the invitation. The Bible said, They made light of it. They made light of it. It It's no big deal to them. It's no big deal to them. I want to speak to you on that subject tonight. They made light of it. Father, please fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I pray that the the thoughts, Lord, you've laid laid upon my heart for this hour could be communicated in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we as God's people learn from this and grow from this. Uh, Please give us what you have prepared for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. I grew up hearing my dad say, and you've heard me say it many, many times, what we allow in moderation, others will do in excess. What we allow in moderation, others will do in, ex- in excess. And I'm glad that my dad, my mom and dad raised me in a home where we had guidelines, we had, we had rules, we had lines that you weren't allowed to cross. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for their moderation. I'm thankful that they uh, uh, kept us from influences of the world uh, uh, in many ways. And I'm thankful for that. There is something about human nature that what we see another person allow, we'll take it to another level. And uh, it, it's the easiest thing in all the world. There's no such thing as a perfect person. no such thing as a perfect pastor. Uh, well, very few anyway. Uh Uh, There's no such thing as perfect pastor, perfect husband, perfect wife, perfect teacher, perfect mother. Uh, And and so we all have our flaws. And human nature is this. Human nature is, especially in leadership, human nature is to copy the weakest part of a person's character. Why? Because it's the easiest part to, to, to copy. Amen? You all know Brother House was my hero and one of the men that influenced my life. The most, My dad, of course, being the first and among the top handful of folks by the house, greatly influenced my life. And I still listen to his messages and, and read his books and so forth. And I'm thankful for his influence on my life. And, and, um, and, um, and by the way, I'll say, I'll say this. He, he was personally attacked, uh, terribly attacked when he was alive. But he's been dead for 22 years and he's still being attacked. Had nothing to do with the man. Had to do with what he stood for and that and, and time has borne that out anyway, nonetheless, but I appreciated his his influence and, and once in a while somebody 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 told my dad this week he told me this, and he was out somewhere and in a place of business, and they said something about uh, you sound like uh, John should do you remember where you were he does 't remember that 's okay uh, i don't either. <laughs> uh, but he was somewhere out in town at a place of business and, uh, he told me, he said, son, guess what happened this week? He said, I, I was in this place of business, I was talking and somebody walked up and said, you know what, you, you sound like, you sound like John Shook. He said, well, there might be a reason. That's my son. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, now I've never tried to talk. I, I, he don't sound like me. I sound like him, right? <laughs> uh, he got here first. And, uh, and so, uh, uh but I, I, I've never tried, you know, I've never tried to, 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 sound like him, but I'm, I'm sure that I do. And, we have similar mannerisms. Both of us are tremendously good looking. And uh, why are you laughing? That wasn't funny. Uh, but anyway, but 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 I, I've never tried to be. But obviously, I've been around him, and and he influenced my life. And number one influence of my life. And humanly speaking, the greatest influence of my life. And so, of course, uh, uh, but uh, but my pastor, Brother Howes, uh, he, he was uh, greatly used of God. But he had, like all men, had some idiosyncrasies and so forth. And at one time in his ministry, he had a, a throat problem. And he literally, if you go back uh, around to, in, in the 80s, I guess, I the eighties, when he was preaching, he would clear his throat. I mean, like every, every 30 seconds, he'd clear his throat. And he'd preach, you know. And he had a throat problem. And uh and and many, many of us got his tapes uh, every week, you know, listen to his sermons, you know, and and he, he had God gave him a special ministry to pastors and uh, across the nation. And uh anyway, but uh, but sometimes go go to a preaching conference, some man get up and say, Take your Bibles <clears throat> and turn <clears throat> to, and uh, he didn't have a throat problem, but he just listened to the man of God preach so much, I guess. And uh and and, uh, and so we sometimes we pick up and I'm not I'm not speaking against that, but I tell you this, it's a whole lot easier. Uh, to copy <clears throat> than it is, pray twenty hours a week. I don't know how many times I heard him say, "I never go to the pulpit without praying twenty hours." And uh, it's a lot easier to keep, copy the weaknesses than it is the strengths, and that's human nature. In our text, a great feast has been prepared. The Bible says, down there in verse number three. That the Father, the King, picturing God the Father, sends his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and it said they would not come. It didn't say they couldn't come, said they wouldn't come. We're not coming. And so he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, and according to Matthew 10:5 and 6, he's speaking to the lost house of Israel. He spoke to the nation of Israel. He told his twelve disciples. He said, "Don't go, don't go to the towns of the Gentiles." He said, "I want you to go to the lost sheep of Israel," and uh, and uh, and that was their first mission. And uh, but he sent forth other servants, saying, "Tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, that's plural, plural, and my fatlings, that's plural, are killed." And all things are ready. Now, wait a minute. If you're having a barbecue and you have more than one head of cattle, it doesn't say how many. It said oxen, plural. I don't know if that was... That'd be at least two. But that's a pretty good-sized feast if you butchered two full-grown oxen and got them on the barbecue. That it. Praise God. Let's close in prayer and get a steak. Amen. Now, that's a big feast. And fatlings. They fattened up some other things. Had, maybe they had some fat... Fat goose and some fat sheep and some whatever. But this was a feast. And uh, everything was ready. This is the second set of servants that went out. Now look what happened. Look at verse number 4. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, Tell them what you're bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. Those that were bidden... Eh, ah, eh, ah, ain't no big deal. They made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. One was a farmer, one was a merchant. One was a farmer, one was a businessman. And they said, we don't have time for that. We're busy. I got a farming to do. I said, I got a business to run. I don't have time for that. Verse 6. And the remnant took his servants. Okay, look at me. The remnant, the folks that were left behind. The folks didn't have a farm to work. The folks didn't have their own business. So here comes a set of servants from the king. Come to a feast. They wouldn't come. He sends another group of servants out. Come to the feast. We've got oxen. We've got fatlings. Man, we've got a spread and it's all ready to go. Come on ahead. And the farmer said... I ain't got time for that. And the businessman said, I'm busy, man. I got money to make. And the others evidently had no farm, evidently had no business affairs. Verse 6, And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully. They roughed him up a little bit. So here comes the servants. The, uh, here comes uh, the servants of the king. And these are guests that have been bidden because there was a businessman among them. There's a farmer among them. They got their second invitation and they said, we don't have time. Said, whatever. It's not that thing. I don't care about that. It's no big deal to me. I got business. Others, businessmen, the farmer, the men of means, the men of business were the, were the leaders. They were the first ones to speak. And others who were watching them, Saw their response. So the businessman, he goes away, and the farmer, he goes off, and there's some left. So they said, "We'll have some fun with these guys." Yeah, ain't no big deal to us either. We'll have some fun with these guys. They start spiting them, start mistreating them. Probably just started with name calling. And then they had fun, and somebody said, oh yeah. And they gotta laugh over here, gotta laugh over here, and someone else said this, watch that, somebody slapped them. King's servants. You, you understand, they didn't just like, go from dead stop to murder, you understand this, right? They got themselves worked up. And somebody, uh, the first, the first men, we, cons- we consider them leaders, if you will, the farmer, the businessman, said, hey, that's no big deal, I don't care about that. I got stuff to do. I don't care about that. And they say, we don't care about it either. Why do come over here anyway? Why don't you come and bother us, man? Don't you see we're busy? We got lives. We don't care about your stupid feast. Well, hey, the king wants you to go. Hey, man, I'm talking to you. Don't talk to me. I'm talking to you. Somebody slapped. Somebody shoved. They started having so much fun. Pretty soon they piled on. Before you know it, the servants were murdered. Here's the lesson. There will always be someone... Who takes it one step further than you. Get that. There will always be someone. Who takes it one step further than you. The men who went to their merchandising and their farming. Would likely have never dreamed of committing murder. Especially not the man. Who had treated them with generosity and kindness. Do you understand who got murdered here? The servants of the king. The king had extended grace to these folks. He had prepared a feast for them. He was generous toward them. He was showing kindness to them, but they, they were flipping about it. No big deal to them. These men, I can assume, I, 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 I could assume that these men, well, they were not murderers. They got farms to run. They got businesses to take care of. They're men of means, of some means. But there were others there. There was a remnant there with them. And they watched the response of the merchant and the farmer. And they followed that attitude, but took it further. I don't think the farmer or the merchant would have thought about murdering the king's servants. Yet what did others who took their attitude cues from the merchant and the farmer? Committed murder. My friend, listen to me. When we make light... Others will dismiss altogether. Let let me tell you, families, you listen to me. You dads especially listen to me tonight. You make up your mind if you believe or not believe that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth that Jesus Christ shed His blood to purchase the church. If He loves it or if He doesn't. If He nourishes it or if He doesn't. If He cherishes it or if He doesn't. If He is the founder and if He is the head and if it belongs to Him, you make up your mind. And if that's what you believe, then you ought to act like it. And you ought to make up your mind that the church, the pillar and ground of the truth is not optional for your family. Don't make light of it. Because in the next generation, they'll go a little further. When we make light, others will dismiss altogether. When we dismiss altogether, others will openly criticize. When we criticize, others will despise when we despise others will seek to destroy. When we seek to destroy, others will succeed at destroying. There will always be someone who takes it one step further than you. In First Samuel turn to first Samuel chapter two, if you would please, First Samuel chapter number two. First Samuel chapter number two. And we're in the 12th verse. The Bible says, first Samuel 2, verse 12, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. This is the high priest's sons. And the priest's custom was, uh, with the people, was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest servant came while uh, the flesh was in seething uh, with the flesh of three. "...teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh had brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, "...give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw." I don't want to pull it out of the pot. I don't want boiled meat. I want, I want, I want, I want raw." I'll prepare it the way I want it. If any man said unto him, Let not, let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it to me now. And if not, I'll take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Now, here's what's happening: these young men that are Eli. And by the way, Eli was intemperate. The Bible said he was a fat man. Just that's what the Bible said. He was intemperate. And his boys took it to another level. They went and they said, "No, we don't want to just put the hook in the pot, the, uh, the seething pot, the boiling pot, and pull out something." And that that was perfect. God made it was God's plan for uh, for those sacrifices. A portion of it did go to God's servants and 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 and, and provided for God's servants. That was portion. But these guys didn't want that. They wanted to get the best cuts. They wanted to cook. They won't want to cook. They didn't want to go in the boiling pot. They said, we'll, we'll pick out our meat. And, and, and the people that were Levites and others prepared said, we're not, this is not what you are supposed to do. He said, you will do it or I'll take it by force. These men are using their office uh, for uh, self-gratification. Verse 17, wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. Down in verse number 22, it says, Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle congregation. How audacious is that? And he said to them, why do you such things? For I hear of your evil doings by all these people. This is adult man, the high priest, talking to his sons. Why are you doing this? You shouldn't do this. This is his people. People are talking. This is not good. How many you see a problem with that? Verse 24. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear you. Make the Lord's people to transgress. Stop, please. Don't do that. If one man sinned against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. Look over at verse number twenty-nine. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering which I have commanded in my habitation, And honors thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Eli was fat. His sons were fat. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me for I for them that honor me. I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Look over at chapter three across the page. Verse number 13, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile. And here's the key phrase. And he restrained them not. Eli was not responsible for his son's sin. The soul that sinneth it shall die. A child's not responsible for his parent's sin. A parent's not responsible for his child's sin. But a parent is responsible to be a parent. And Eli... Whined at his boys. No, don't do that. You know, people say this. And we really, do, you know, we do. Hey, let me tell you something. Eli, that ain't working. He would not restrain his boys. Guess what they did? They took it to a whole new level. They took intemperance to a whole new level. I'm saying, my dear friend, when we make light, someone else Will mistreat someone else. Will spite and someone else will take it too far and maybe further than they plan to. Which is always where sin takes you—further than you wanted to go, costing you more than you wanted to pay, keeping longer, keeping you longer than you wanted to stay. And, and, and when we make light, when we when we when we just uh, uh, make light, others dismiss. When we dismiss others, criticize. When we criticize others, despise. When we despise others, destroy. When we seek to destroy, others succeed at destroying. When we refuse to condemn, others will tolerate. What we learn to tolerate, others will allow. What we allow, others will accept. What we accept, others will embrace. What we embrace, others will normalize. What we normalize, others will indulge in. And what we indulge in, others will overindulge to their very destruction. Do we not see this happening in our nation today? Aaron was in charge while Moses went up 40 days to get the Ten Commandments of the, uh, the, top of the mountain. In that amount of time, they said, well, where'd Moses go? We don't know where Moses is. We want to worship. We ain't had church since he's gone up the mountain. We need something to worship. And Aaron, bless his heart, the dumbest thing ever anybody ever said, I think, in the whole Bible. Is Aaron, Moses comes in and says, said, what is going on? And he said, well, you know, I, we, people gave me all their gold rings and I threw it in the fire and this calf popped out. What a dumb thing for an adult person to say. I can see a six-year-old saying something stupid like that. Hey, that's, he literally told his brother that. Now, let me tell you something. Listen, if you and I are not willing to do our job, we should not be shocked when someone else takes it further. Sadly, in 1 Samuel 8, 1 through 5, we learned that Samuel, unfortunately, didn't do so well with his own. The elders of Israel said unto Samuel, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Can I make some statements tonight? Number one, Let's draw the line. Let's draw the line. Let's draw the line. Folks, listen. I, I stood out there at a graveside. Mr. Pugh was out there. And we had a trifold track at the time. And along the bottom of the trifold track said independent fundamental soul winning separated King James Bible believing in Baptist. And he's standing there. We have the graveside. And folks are mingling. And he walks up to me. And he got this. He's got our track in his hand. He said, Pastor, he said, now, uh, independent, uh, I, I know that. fundamental. I got that. Uh, so one, I think I understand that. Uh, Baptist, I understand that. It's separated. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I said, it means that we're supposed to be separate from the world. Amen? Come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. Amen? Amen? And touch not the unclean thing. Uh, to be, James said, to be a friend of the world is to be the enemy of God. Amen. Love not the world, neither things in the world. Amen. Love the world, the love of the Father is not in Him. Amen. Now listen to me, my dear friend. Somebody will always be willing to go a little further than you're comfortable with, so let's do this. Let's draw the line where the Bible is. Amen. Listen, th- th- this world is constantly changing. I'm changing. Uh, uh you're changing. Well, I look in the mirror. I know I'm changing. Amen. And, uh, I got hair where I didn't used to have it and I don't have hair where I did used to have it. And, uh, and, uh, uh, so uh, we're changing. We're changing. But this book right here, hallelujah, is forever settled in heaven. Amen. So let's just get, let's just, just get the Bible down and draw our lines according to this book right here. Amen. How about that? Let, let's get our King James Bible, the preserved Word of God. Amen. Let's get our King James Bible. And let's, let's if there's a command, let's draw that line. If, there, if, if the Bible said, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day of preaching, let's just draw the line right there. Amen. Let's let's, let's not have less preaching, let's have more preaching. Amen. Let's not have less church, let's have more church. Amen. So much the more. There's a Bible statement right there. Let's follow the statement. Let's draw the line. Let's draw the line. Uh, we have, uh, commands. We also have Bible examples. We have Bible examples. We have the example of, uh, of Abraham who decided uh, well you know things aren't going well, uh, well around here so I'm just back my family up and I'm going to go down to Egypt and when things are better financially I'll come back to the will of God Now, you listen to me you can look at uh, uh, Naomi and elimelech and you can look at Abraham and you can look at Sarah and you can look at others who made their decisions or while their family was going to spend their life by by, uh, 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 by a financial decision I'm not saying finances should not be a consideration in your life gentlemen but I'm saying the spiritual health of your family is tenfold more important than any other aspect of your life people pack up for two dollars an hour so we looked around. I think there's a good church down there. Listen, you listen to me. When you when you take your family somewhere, you're deciding who your kids are going to be around. You're deciding who their friends are going to be. You're deciding who their schoolmates are going to be. You're you're you may very likely be deciding someone they're going to meet and marry for the rest of their lives. I'm not saying God doesn't move people. What I am saying is this: is that our consideration ought to be the things of God and His will first and foremost. That's what ought to lead us. Bible examples, Bible principles. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Amen? That is a Bible principle. Listen, I told this morning, the first, uh, 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 the top three preventable deaths in America. First of them is tobacco. Tobacco. Preventable deaths in America. Number one, preventable death in America. More people die of tobacco than anything else. Of things that can be prevented. Now, can I tell you something? Your your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? If God meant you to smoke, he to put a chimney on top of your head. But your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah, listen, listen. It is a fact that liquor kills brain cells, and I met you, and you need every brain cell you've got. Amen. That's a third of preventable uh, 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 preventable deaths. Alcohol causes more death. Number three in America, preventable deaths, alcohol is the cause. Hey, we've got some Bible principles. Let's follow them. Amen. Let's follow them. Now listen, I, 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 listen, I, I, I we, we, as best I can as your pastor, this is my commitment to you, my commitment to the Lord. Best I can as your pastor as I'm going to try to understand this book and I'm going to try to read this book and study this book, meditate on this book and follow its commands and teach you its principles. And, and look at the Bible examples and see what God did uh, what, what, when Elimech left the will of God and what happened to his family and Abraham left the will of God. What happened to his family? I'm going to follow these by God's grace the best I can. I don't think I'll do it perfectly because I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm almost perfect. But I'm not, per- I'm, not, I'm not perfect. But I promise you this. With God helping me, we're going to draw our lines with this book right here. Amen? As our guide. Number one, let's draw the line. Number two, let's hold the line. Let's hold the line. I said, let's hold the line. Listen, if you're tired of hearing about soul winning, I, I, I hate it for you. <laughs> God bless you. But the Great Commission is still the Great Commission. Amen? Those folks I mentioned this morning that are in my soul in the New Testament in heaven I mentioned in the sermon this morning are there because of personal soul winning. Spotted across this room are folks are here because of personal soul winning. And I still believe that the Great Commission is a personal mandate. I believe we ought to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I believe house to house. I believe door to door. I believe house to house. I believe two by two like the Bible said. I believe we have a mandate. I believe like Philip we go where the sinners are run up to them catch them. Hey, understand what you read. No, how can't accept somebody Show me. I can show you. Pulled over, got in the chair, led the man to Christ. One-on-one, soul winning. It's all over your New Testament, the book of Acts. And by God's grace and with God's help, this is we're going to emphasize soul winning. We're not going to walk away from it. We're not going to trade it for lifestyle evangelism. We're not going to back off. We're not going to back off and emphasize it less so we don't feel so bad. Because everyone that we that prays the sinner's prayer with us doesn't show up and get baptized and join the church and become a deacon within a month. No, sir, we're going to still be aggressive, giving the gospel out I'm going to do our best to help christians grow and we're going to obey the great commission amen we drew the line 28 years ago by God's grace and we're going to hold the line amen now help me hold the line amen help me hold the line hey Sunday school teacher are you a soul winner deacons choir members are you a soul winner have you lost your passion for the lost we just had a track campaign how many tracks did you pass out listen'm i God's grace. Our church as a whole is is, is tremendous, tremendous. It's wonderful. But how about you as an individual? Hey, let's draw the line. Let's 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 hold the line. Amen. On this book right here, don't listen. People have tried. People have tried. God bless some kind people. Come kind. I try my best one on one. I think I'm the kindest person you will ever meet. Who come to me one on one? I want to be kind to you. I have folks come to this church to try to help me grow in this area, help me understand that 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 that, 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 that you know, we don't need to make such an issue of an every word Bible. That these, some of these other translations are good, and they give me—I mean—loads, loads of stuff. I've had books given to me. I've had—I've had other Bibles given to me. I've had printed off. I don't know. Good night. Uh, somebody was keep, uh, keeping uh, uh, the UPS store in business for a while. Printing stuff off the uh, of the copier to help me understand. And and I filed every bit of it. Every bit of it I filed. File 13. It's a round basket right underneath my desk. Amen. Yes. Well, now we spend some extra money on trash bags pulling it all out and taking it to the dumpster. But listen, I, I, mean, but, but listen, I believe the Bible is the word of God. Amen. I believe it's it's forever settled in the heaven. I believe God, through the process of divine inspiration, got it from up there to down here. I believe God got it from one language to another language. I believe He did what He promised in Psalm 12, 6, and seven, and preserved the words, preserved the words, preserved the words. Man shall not live by bread, but by every word that proceeded out. I believe it. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're interested in but so that's so controversial. And I got good friends. I got good friends too. I got good friends too, and they don't see this as that's fine with me. But I'm telling you something. We're drawing the line. By God's grace, we're going to hold the line. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Help me hold the line. Help me hold the line. I like what Dr. Trieber said so many years ago. I sat at one of his pastor's conference. And he said to, to, to us, he said this, Wherever you draw the line, that's where the battle will be. That's where the battle will be. Right. Listen, can I say this? Staff, listen carefully. I thank God for our staff. We've got some young staff with us. And I'm thankful i prayed for you. Still pray fervently for you. Of course. And I'm so glad you're here. I, I want your heart and I want you to get my heart. I want you to get my heart. It, 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 when we, hit, we have this school over there, I don't. whatever your position is in this ministry, listen carefully, whatever your position is, you help hold the line. Don't buddy-buddy up to our kids by letting them get by with stuff and then expect some other staff member to have to be the bad guy to enforce the rules. How about everybody do the same thing? Let's hold the line. Let's hold the line. I, I want to be friends. I love these kids. I love it. I love them. Your pictures are mine. I pray for you. I, I, I enjoy you. I enjoy being with you. Uh, But but let me tell Good parenting and good leadership is you can have a good time. Hey! And about that fast, at, at warp speed, go from ha, ha, ha to hey, cut it out. You need to be able to do that. You need to be able to do that. You need to understand, listen, these kids, they need more than a buddy. They need somebody who walks with God. They need somebody who loves this book. And somebody who says, listen, this world is changing. God's people are changing. Churches are changing. Christianity is becoming more churchy, uh, more worldly. The world's becoming churchy. And somebody needs to hold the line. And there needs to be a group of people and some dads in every home. And say, by the grace of God, we're going to hold the line with pastor. We're going to hold the line. We're going to hold the line. Let me tell you something. The prodigal son left home. They had a place to come back to years later. You know why? Because dad didn't bring, didn't bring the hog pen into the house. He didn't bring the hog pen into the house. He didn't bring the hog pen into the house. He didn't go to the hog pen. He stayed home. And the son said, I want to get right. He had a place to come back to. Let's hold the line. Let's hold the line on convictions and standards. Let's hold the line on convictions and standards. Amen. You parents who do well. You parents to do well. Here, see, Here's what you do. Listen now. You will put your kids in our Christian school because you like the product. Yeah, right. But when the Christian school and the pastor is preaching, in the chapel says, this was what is expected of you, you come and you make light of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Guess what your kid's going to do? Yeah. Right. Guess what's you think they're going to stop there? By the way, if you have a right to change your convictions, don't your kids have the right to do the same thing? If you have the right to say, well, yeah, I know we used to do this and we used to believe that. But we believe this now. Because you, you, you're comfortable now. So, so this is where you used to stand. Now you're over here. Do, do not your children have the same right and do the same thing? Huh? Do they not? Wouldn't it be two-faced? Wouldn't it be hypocritical to say, well, yeah, you know, but I understand more, you know, and everything. And I think we make too much out of certain things or whatever. I used to believe this state here, but, you know, you know, we don't really emphasize that too much, you know, whatever, I make such a big deal out of it. Listen, I know not everything in this book is equally as important as something else, but it is equally true if it's in the Bible. And the bible does say that we ought to dress with modesty in mind we ought to dress with distinction in mind you are a man you ought to look like a man you are a lady you ought to look like a lady you ought to dress with femininity in mind ladies you ought to dress with masculinity in mind you ought to dress modestly you ought to you ought to dress as to as to uh uh, uh, as to, uh, 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 uh adorn yourself primarily with your sweet quiet spirit first peter writes about that not 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 getting attention listen to you girls listen to me if you have to do something pull something up a little bit or or, or, or pull something down a little bit or pull something a little tighter to get a little attention you'll get the wrong kind of attention the wrong kind of attention you catch a boy's eye with something tight you you won't like what you catch because there will always be somebody to go a little lower a little higher a little tighter than you sweetie what you better do is you better say I'm a Christian lady same thing, you men. You, you, you men. Listen, listen. You know what? This is the house of God. Hey, fellas. Is that the truth? Is this We, we got it easy. We got it pretty easy. These ladies, these ladies are ready to say amen on that one. But how, how about some of you men? How about some of you men look distinctly masculine? Amen. Boys, hey boys. The flower shirts belong to the girls. Amen. Amen. You get your little penguins, de- 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 de, hearts. Give that to your sister. Amen. 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 Good night. Right? The queers are, are the ones designing the clothes. Yes, sir. That's right. You go to the mall and go to a rack. Take, take note. Who's designing those clothes. It, 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 it's, it's as plain as a, day, as a nose on our face. We know what the world is trying to do to our boys. Yes, we know it's out in the open. Yes, sir. They can't reproduce so they have to recruit. That's right. Queers can't have kids. Right. So they're after our kids. And right. yes, listen to me, you a man? listen. Listen, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about your decorum, the way you handle yourself, the way you dress yourself, the way you, you act. I'm talking about something. By the way, let, let me help you with something. Young men don't stand around in groups with girls and giggle. You you boys, listen, if you like to to hang out with the girls more than you do the guys, here's what you need to do. You need to go home, cut a tree down, chop it up, stack it up on one side of the house. When you finish, go stack it on the other side of the house. Go dig a hole about six feet deep, then fill it up again. Then dig another one and fill it up again. Somebody help me now. Do you understand the spirit of this age that's trying to do that to our boys? It's an evil, wicked, vile spirit. Let's hold the line. Let's hold the line. Let's hold the line. Number three, do it with, let's do it with personal conviction. Let's do it with personal conviction. Yes, I know that this is Bailey's Grove Baptist Church and I know by God's grace we're trying to be what God wants us to be an old-fashioned independent fundamental souling, separated King James Bible living Baptist Church. I understand that. But how about, let's, do, let's, let's hold the line with personal conviction. What do I mean by that? When, when we say, well, you know what your dad will say. Well, you know what Mr. Cook will say. Well, you know what Pastor will say. How about this? Um... What's your dad say? Rather than, well, you know, Mama, can I? Oh, well, you know what your dad would say. You understand the difference? Anybody with me? Yeah. Now, you know, dad. we got to patronize dad, you know, because you know, dad. You know, I know. The pastor says you can't. Mr. Cook, you know, Mr. Cook is. Mean old Mr. Principal. How about this? What'd your principal say? Huh? What'd your pastor say? What'd your dad say? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. Daddy does. That's what we do. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's what I mean by personal conviction. Don't put up with, don't tolerate, don't patronize those who hold the line. Join them. Join them. Amen. Amen. Listen, we are here tonight because of Daniel. We're here tonight because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're here tonight because Peter gave his life. Andrew gave his life. Matthew gave his life. John gave his life. We're here tonight because John Rice paid a price. And Lester Rolla paid a price. And Bob Jones Sr. paid a price. And Harold Sightley paid a price. And Dr. John Rice paid a price. And Bill Rice paid a price. And Brother Hollis paid a price. We're here because others paid their price. Now listen, somebody in this generation needs to be the peculiar chosen people of God and unashamed to draw a biblical line and stand on that line. Okay, let me help you. Well, I I don't know if Pastor will like like that song. How about you not like that song? How about you not like that song? And if you say... I don't think Pastor liked it, and you don't know why. Come talk to me. I'd love to teach you. I'd love to teach you. I'd love to help you understand. Number th- four, and you're not going to believe it, number four. Let's do it with a pleasant spirit. Seriously, Pastor? <laughs> yes. Remember Daniel 1 8? He purposed in his heart, but not to himself with the portion of the king's meat, with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he what? requested of the prince of the eunuchs. He didn't go into demand. So and say, ah, I'm a Christian. I'm not going gonna, gonna to eat that uh, wicked old meat been offered to idols. I'm not going to drink that wine. I'm not going to. No, he didn't do that. He said, sir, if it'd be all right with you, me and my friends, we'd like to just eat, drink water and just fruits and vegetables for a while rather than the kings. And he said, Oh man, we can't do that. He said, if you just would you make this accommodation, would you please make this accommodation for us? He requested. Let's draw the line. Let's hold the line. Let's do it with personal conviction. And let's do it with a pleasant spirit. Listen. Everybody okay? Listen. Young people. Parents. Staff. If you're going to push some things, let me help you. I'm not going to be uncomfortable. I'm not. Well, I don't know why our kids can't. Okay. You get all bothered by that? You help yourself? I'm not going to be uncomfortable. If somebody gets uncomfortable, I guess it'll have to be you. Amen? Can I tell you this? Whoever controls the spirit controls the situation. You know who was in control at the stoning of Stephen? The man with the angelic look on his face. The rest of them were going raving mad. Stephen was the only one in control. And we do not know who his detractors were, but we sure know who Stephen was. You know who was the hero of Calvary? The Lord Jesus Christ, the one on the cross. The centurion looked and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. The thief next to him said, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm saying, let's draw the line, let's hold the line, let's do it with personal conviction, but let's do it with a personal spirit. Parents, listen, let me help you tonight. When, and all leaders, parents, teachers, all of us, when you lose it, you lost it. When you lose control, you lost control and you are no longer in charge. When you, if your kid's behavior is controlling the situation and you lose it, you lost it. (laughs) That child at that moment is is now in charge of that situation. Whoever, uh, uh, whoever controls the spirit controls the situation. Now, teachers, you listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. I want you to love these kids. I want you to be a friend of these kids. I want you to build relationships with their parents. I want you to understand the sacrifice their parents make. I want you to respect that sacrifice. I want you to be conscientious of their time and their needs. Don't send them home with two hours of homework. They have families. They want to have supper together. Once in a while, they want to go pitch a ball with dad out in the yard. and They need time for these things. I want you to be considerate of that. But listen to me, teachers. Listen to me. When you are in that classroom... And you have a good relationship, and you're having a good time, and, and there's a nice spirit. And somebody goes out of the way, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want to say anything." Oh, I know they did. They got the wrong shoes on. Oh, they that not that That's not part of this. The hair's not right. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to because oh, we're getting along so good. I listen. You hold the line. You hold the line. Now you know the sweet spirit. And somebody somebody wants to make an issue of it. You just smile at them. It works at home, mom and dad. Works at home. No, we don't do that. I want We don't need it. Look, if somebody's going to be miserable, it shouldn't be the leader. Amen? The, the person who's in control of their spirit is the one in control of the situation. So let's stand, but let's do it with, let's do it with the pleasant spirit. Look, I, 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 I have no desire whatsoever to make enemies. I don't think I'm better than anybody, except Brother Hamilton. I think we're better than him. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I, 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 listen, but by God's grace, I want to finish the way we started. So let's be as strong, let's do it with a pleasant spirit. Number, number next, let's be as strong as we need to be to hold the line. Look, listen, leaders, and here's, Mom. Don't use a baseball bat to to kill a gnat. I told you! What's the last time? You know why? Because the first ten times you said it, you didn't mean business. And now you want to do something about it. Why? Because you're frustrated. You're out of control yourself. Now, teachers, listen to me. If you can't control your spirit, you don't have any business being in that classroom. If you can't control your spirit, I love you and I will accept your resignation letter. Amen. If you are not in control of your spirit, you cannot expect those kids to be in control. Amen? Amen? So let's do it with a sweet spirit, yes. But let's be only as strong as we need to be. Amen? Yeah. Hold the line. One last thought. <laughs> Let us all, I'm talking about parents, families... I'm talking about pastoral staff. I'm talking about teaching staff. Let us all ask the question. When it comes to, when it comes to a, what you might think of as a, a, a questionable thing, something that's not clear. I say, Pastor, I get it. There's a Bible command. Absolutely. If there's a Bible principle, absolutely. If there's a Bible example, I get it. Yes, we're going to do that. But what about those things that maybe fall even beyond that? What should our guide be? Where would we draw the line? Listen carefully. Let's ask this question. Where will this take us? Where will this take us? You see, here's the principle. Many years ago, I learned this principle. It is not wise to create appetites that cannot be righteously satisfied. It is not wise to take your kids, parents, for example, somewhere... To expose them to some things that they get an appetite for. And then after they've gotten an appetite for it, then you say, well, we, we shouldn't do it. this, this is too much. We shouldn't do any more of that. You created the appetite. You understand this? When it comes, listen, staff, listen to me. When you, when you, when you, when I'd like for all the staff, listen to me carefully. I'd like for all the staff to personally look at your music, your personal music listening habits and ask yourself this question. Is this where our ministry is headed. Is this where we want to go? You understand? Listen, I, am I, 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 not. I don't. I'm not interested in creating an opera. Okay. I'm not against. that. That's not what I'm trying to create. But listen to me carefully. Hey, hey, listen to me carefully. When you when it when it when one of our young people gets in a vehicle that you're in charge of, staff, are you listening to me? When a young person gets in a vehicle that you're in charge of and you put something in there, you just keep in mind. They're going to go a little further. Right. Right, sir. Does that makes sense, to everybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Parents, you cannot expect your children. Not to go further than will you allow. When you sit down to watch something, you remember that. When you turn on the radio dial or you put in I found a new group on YouTube. I found I found a new group. All right, okay. Is that where you want to go? And listen to me very carefully. Listen, I, I I'm trying to obey that fourth thing about being kind, okay? But I don't I don't need I don't I don't need you. Listen, musicians, music staff. I don't need you to decide we're going to go this direction. No, I don't need that. God bless you. I love you, but we don't need that. I'm tell you something. I, uh, Carl Hatch, it's an empty lot right now. It used to be, used to be the uh, uh, Chinese restaurant, Bamboo Garden, up there next to where the McDonald's is. Yeah. Bamboo Garden there. And Carl Hatch has got his briefcase open in the trunk of his car and he pulls out a stapled stack of papers about that thick and is going looking for something. I said, Wow. I said, uh, What is that? He said, This is the churches that I, that I preach at. I said, Boy, that's a lot of churches. He said, Oh, no, it's not. This is only about four or five hundred. I thought, Well, that's not a lot of churches. <laughs> and uh, and I said, Really? He said, Yeah. He said, It used to be three or four thousand. I said, Wow. I said, no. Uh, well, why don't you go to those three or 4,000 churches anymore? He said, three reasons. He said, he said, he said, he said this. He said, some of them don't exist anymore. Some of them won't have me. And some of them I wouldn't go to. He said, they've changed. And I asked him, I said, what, 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 what caused them to change? He said, three things. This is what he said, this is what the man of God said. He said, three things. He said, "Number one, music. Number two, standards. Number three, soul winning. In that order." Years later, totally different conversation. Unprompted, Dr. Tom Williams told me the same thing. Use it, standards, soul winning. Amen. Yeah. Now, listen, listen, listen. You say, "I just don't think that." You know, I know. I just okay. I love you. God bless you. But if you're in leadership, keep your mouth shut. Don't you go around. And excuse me? say, well, when you're now you don't have to you know, do that. You are undermining. Right. Yes, you sir. are undermining. Yes, sir. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Right. I, don't, I, listen, I don't want a bunch of mindless robots. I'm not, I, don't, I don't expect everybody to think like me. I've been 30 years trying to get my wife to think like me. And we're almost there, but anyway. I, I'm not saying you have to think everything pastor thinks. Thanks. But I am saying this, listen, you understand there is a tidal wave. I'm talking about churches that I used to preach in, I can't preach in them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about folks I used to have in this pulpit, or that pulpit over there, I could not have them anymore. Yeah. Some dear, dear men that I love and pray for and care about deeply, and I could not casually fellowship socially with them. You know why? Because they're, they're getting caught up in the drift. Does that mean everything about them is wicked? No, it doesn't mean that. But listen, I know myself well enough to know this. That if I, if I spend much time with them, I, I'm, 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 going, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Listen, you go to a football game. They went to football. Took a Sunday to football game yesterday. And I promise you this. said you sit on Tennessee side? Uh, no, side? Oh, opposite side. <laughs> I'll I bind you this. They didn't cheer as loud on that side as they would have if they'd been on the Tennessee side. Now, you listen to me. You will be affected by the crowd you run with. You will be affected by the crowd you run with. And by God's grace, listen, by God's grace, dear friends, listen. They just made light of it. They made, ah, oh, that's no big deal. And the remnant said, yeah, it's no big deal to us either. Idiots. Somebody slapped. There's a punch. And that which was like, that's no big deal, turned into murder. Somebody always take it further. By God's grace, listen, listen. By God's grace, let's hold the line. Amen? Let's hold the line. Amen? Let's stay together, shall we? Father, we love you.